And welcome to the Live Transform podcast. This is episode number 152. And last week, Audrey, we began speaking about success. I, I think, you know, putting it in this way, you know, success in life as a whole, rather than just, you know, for this task or this um, object or, you know, point in life, but we wanted to begin to be able to influence every area of our life. Yeah, we really do. So welcome to the show, Jim. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to your own show. And Jim, good to have you. <laughs> the show. The show. I love it. The big show. I love it. And um, so just what was some, your favorite part of this last week, Jim? <laughs> well, uh, you talking about at yep. home, the favorite part yep. of last week wow. at home? Well, is that there wasn't a lot of okay, chaos. Okay, well, good. <laughs> That's good. We we had uh, we had Christmas without uh, without a whole lot of drama. We don't, you know, one of the things we, we don't really have a, an, an enormous amount of drama. But one thing we always invite people in to have to share Christmas with us. That that you know, sometimes it's two or three people, sometimes it's ten or fifteen mm-hmm. people. You know, we and actually, and there's been times it's been two hundred right. people. So <clears throat> so you know, you always have unknowns yes. when you're Correct. bringing other yes. people yes. in. And, uh, and so, it, you know, we did have some other people in, but we knew all of them, but they were all people that would have been alone at Christmas, that kind of stuff. So it was, it was really easy. Uh, uh, of course my girls, man, they really helped Brenda. I mean, they, they pitch in so it doesn't all fall on her anymore mm-hmm. like it did for so many mm-hmm. years. So it was really, really great. I think, I think everybody had a really yeah. good time. Yeah. We had one of our most challenging Christmases just as far as circumstances go, but I could not be more proud of our kids and how they pitched in and mm. everyone rose to the cage. And I, you know, it's kind of like mm-hmm. that saying, like when you're squeezed, what's really in you comes out. Mm-hmm. And yep. I, I felt Absolutely. a lot of family support and kids supporting their brothers and sisters. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was, you know, I, I'm just really grateful yeah. for, you know, sometimes yep. things don't go perfect. We live in this imperfect world, but I can think, man, our redeemer lives and his, when his mm-hmm. love is alive in your home and he is our motivation and mm-hmm. then, then things we can just enjoy yeah, his and peace. The, the amount of anticipation and, mm-hmm. you know, even expectation that you place on a season, yeah, you know, yeah. of the year is, is large. Yeah. You know, it is the most wonderful time. I mean, we are starting a new year. We yes. are going to, you know, start off right. And, yes. and this yep. year is going to be better than last year. Yes. Yeah. However it might be. Uh, you know, just making those resolutions, you know, in your heart of, you know, I'm not going to do that again this year. I'm <laughs> going to be done with that this year. I'm, I'm determined. But I'm beginning this new year in a way I had no idea I would. Mm-hmm. But all it is is that I'm, I'm facing it with different challenges. The resolution in my heart hasn't changed. Yes. It's yep. just that the external has you know changed and and so yep. but what's what what all of the anticipation and and uh the heart work that i've been doing and the intentions and we have intentions set. for yes. this new year has not changed. not changed so i had a, a a slight and i don't think it's ever slight but uh, I, I had a motorcycle accident uh just before christmas and um all i all i remember is I don't remember anything. No, <laughs> all I, you know, that's all a good I remember too. is I don't remember anything. Right. But oh. and and I don't want to make it you know that that humorous sign. But you know it is. It's it's so I'm 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 you know uh, just struggling through some broken ribs. You know some bruises, aches and pains. You know having to sleep, sitting up, but everything's fine. Okay. I just want you all to know that. But it again, it doesn't change the resolution that I've made in my heart for this new year, even though I'm having these external challenges that I have to navigate that are just different. That's mm-hmm. all. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how many times people will, will make a decision, a resolution about, you know, the things being better. And, you know, the number one reason people don't keep their resolutions is because they run into an obstacle. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. And you know, you know, you're sort of like, did you think you were going to make a major change in your life, and there were not going to be obstacles? Right. You know, it may not be the obstacle that you were expecting, and you may think it's unfair that this particular obstacle, you know, occurs at this point in or time, e- or but, even that it's unrelated. 
And, and yeah, then all unrelated. of a sudden, because it is an obstacle, oh, I must be going in the wrong direction. Right. Like I, I made so yeah. much preparation for that whole time when our whole family was together at, at during that Christmas time. And, you know, it, it was it's the dearest thing to my heart. And and but my heart intention really was that we want to be closer than we ever been before. May this Christmas be a mm. Christmas where we are feel more close and intimate than we ever have before. And we can't control the process of how that happens. Cause I can absolutely say at the no. end of this, you know, and other things happen too, that we're not getting into, but <clears throat> there was loss and, and, but you know what we, we were ha we are today closer than we've ever been before. And there were people, we let each other into our hearts. So you've often said this, Jim, you can't control the process. You can set the intention, no. but you cannot control no. the process. And you know, the great thing is though, is that, you know, the, the, when we when we talk about this, the thing we always talk about, about is, is the fact that, you know, the person that's trying to control the process feels like they have to know every step along yeah. the way, everything is going to happen, every turn that you're going yeah. to make. Well, nobody can know that. There's too many variables in the upcoming, you know, situation. Right. All, what you really need to know is you need to know and trust the person you're following yeah. through yeah. that. And the person we're following is is, is our shepherd. Yes. He, he, he's our Lord. Yes. You know? You know, one of the things I want to <coughs> to help people do. Excuse me. One of the things I want to help uh, help people do is, you know, when you when you make decisions, um, you can make, and there's nothing. There's not a right and wrong here. There is a, a there is a wise and maybe not so wise, <laughs> <laughs> you know, factor. You didn't you didn't but want to the, say the word foolish, but you were thinking it. Well, I mean, sometimes it is foolish and, and and we'll talk about that but but in, in in business one of the things that i that i've learned is that you know there are there are times that you are making progress really small steps at a time mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that the decision that you make that guides those small steps need to be small decisions mm. i i would rather make a decision I'd rather make a decision that alters the way I'm going to respond to everything rather than make a decision to the way I'm going to respond to one thing. So what I'm hearing from you is decisions are really, really big, even though the steps seem very small. Yeah, well, yeah, we can make them big, but but if we're... So, you know, uh, we, we talk over, over the years of ministering together. You know, I, I've talked a lot. We've, we've shared a lot about fruit and root. Yes. And, uh, you know, fruit represents, you know, uh, individual factors, individual situations. Root is what produces all of the fruit. Mm. And so, so many times we make fruit decisions, which are incremental decisions. They're decisions about how I'm going to handle this problem. And that's, you know, there's nothing wrong with mm -hmm. that. But, but the truth is, if, if, there, if there are certain decisions I don't make in advance, big decisions, lifestyle decisions, belief decisions, if I don't make those decisions in advance, then I will only be prepared for the one little misstep that are, you know, that, that comes along. You know, you know, Jesus told us, and this applies in so many areas. He said, look, when you get ready to do something, you got to count the cost. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, counting the cost is not just looking at something and saying, this is what can go wrong. It's looking at something and saying, uh, I'm op I realize things can go wrong. I realize a lot of things that go wrong, but the big thing I got to decide is this, is the decision that I'm making a root decision or a fruit decision? Is it a decision that no matter how big the problem is, I will be ready to respond properly without even having to hesitate and think about it? Hmm. You know, uh, in marriage, in, in marriage, some people do not make root decisions about how they're going to solve right, problems. Right. And I always tell people, it's like, you know what, if, if divorce is in the, if, if divorce is one of your options, uh, if, uh, you know, whatever your options are, whatever options you hold in your mind, those are the options that, are, that come to you when you face conflict. Yes, immediately. And that, and, and that's the temptation you start struggling with. But if you, if you had made decisions in advance, yes. When the offense comes yes. up, you don't even you don't even have to deal with the individuality mm. of the offense because you immediately respond in this way that you made 
the global yes. decision, the big decision, the life decision. Bob and I have a, a newlywed e-course that we have put together. And one of the things that we talk about, we call them non-negotiables. So if you have mm-hmm. these root, you're calling them root decisions. It's probably just another word. Like these are our non-negotiables. Yep. And there's not tons of them because you can't have 50 non-negotiables. Root no. decisions, mm-hmm. there's probably about five that you could probably get to an agreement yep. with before you get married, or even you can start any time in your marriage. But when you have a non-negotiable, then 80% of your decisions are already made. Yeah. It's already been made. It's a non-negotiable, you know? Exactly. So, you know, you know, this uh, really in our cyber church messages this month uh, here in Huntsville, you know, one of the things we're talking about is success without self-destruction. Yes. Oh, I love that. And, you know, uh, and I'm hope I don't know how far we'll how many I don't know how many weeks we'll cover here in, in the podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, people have to realize that a resolution is actually a form of repentance, hmm. because repentance is changing your right. mind. But we have to remember, though, there's there's two types of repentance that the Bible talks about. There's there's uh, the sorrow of the world mm-hmm. that that leads to really a, a very short term carnal repentance, change of mind. But then then there is there, there's godly sorrow and godly sorrow is where when we change our mind, we lean into God and into his wisdom and, and, and so we're not just changing our mind. We're changing our mind in order to harmonize mm. and align ourselves with God mm. so that now whatever path we're walking now, we're experiencing God's strength, God's power, wow. God's ability, God's wisdom to carry us down that path. And that only happens when it's, when it's godly sorrow or, God, or you know, a godly That is repentance. so interesting. Yes, I'm hearing you. The difference between the sorrow of the world and the godly sorrow. You know, in, in 2 Corinthians 7, you know, Paul, you know, he he had he had already in 1 Corinthians, he had written a letter to the Corinthians, pretty much, you know, rebu- encouraging and rebuking mm-hmm. them for, for foolishness that they were in. And so his second letter to them, he's saying here in chapter 7, verse 8, he says, even though I made you sorry with my letter, I don't regret it, <laughs> though I did regret it. Now, you know, we read that and go, what the heck is he talking about? Well... <laughs> You know, it's, it's pretty obvious. You you never really look forward to putting people, even when you're trying to help them, in a situation to where they're struggling, no. or where they have sorrow no. or pain. Right. But at the same time, that's one of these paradoxes. At the same time, there's a part of you that doesn't regret it because you know it, sometimes if you don't take these steps with people, they'll never mm-hmm. recover. You know, in, in this... Man, I, I tell you, the world's getting crazier every day, and I know you guys, you, you guys see this. Uh, uh, you know, in in the redefinition, redefining of of love, mm-hmm. and you know, in the political correctness of all this, there is there is this concept that you know that love never corrects, it never rebukes, it never challenges. Uh, it, ne- it never even presents an alternative point of view. It never does anything that that other person might decide subjectively that is offensive. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, what that is, that is that is a prescription for how to be a fool your whole life. <laughs> but, because if you're never challenged, if you never have to make new decisions, if you never realize other options, if you never realize, you know, what's going wrong in your life, then, then the truth is you can never change anything. So Paul's saying, you know, I, I don't regret that I brought this challenge because this is your only way out. Mm-hmm. But, but I do regret it, you know, that, that you had to go through this. He says, for I perceive that the same epistle made you sorrow, or sorry, but only for a while. Hmm. Verse 9 says, now I rejoice not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner, that you might uh, that you might suffer uh, loss from us in nothing. And then he says, verse ten. This is where it kind of gets down to it. He says, "For godly sorrow produces repentance 
leading to salvation. Now, that's not getting born again. That's because he was writing to Christians. That's saved, healed, mm -hmm. delivered, blessed, prospered, protected, made whole, set apart, all those kinds of things. He says, and, and, and you don't regret that. In other words, you don't change your mind about that. He says, but the sorrow of the world produces death. Mm. You know, um, and man, this is going to sound so mean, and I don't, I don't, I don't mean for it to. But you know, back in the eighties, uh, when uh, you know when all the big name ministers were getting caught in immorality and and you know all, and cheating and lying and all the things that they were doing, you know, uh, <clears throat> I never felt like I had the right to determine if they had really repent it, you know right. what I mean? Because they would all go they'd all go on television and repent. But I did reserve this. Okay. Why is it that the only time many people are sorry is when they're caught? Right. You know, is the sorrow over uh how you hurt your relationship with God? Is your sorrow over how you hurt people that love you and look to you mm -hmm. and and, and, you know, I'm talking to myself here. Yes. I'm not just talking to everybody yes. else, but you know, I'm looking at myself. You know, we're all sorry when we get caught. Mm -hmm. We're all sorry when we have to pay the price. We're all sorry when we make a stupid decision that does not fulfill our dreams. Mm -hmm. But, uh, uh, and that kind of sorrow never lasts. It does not bring life. It does not bring us into a connection with God. It does not bring us to that place where we're saying, man, I am, I am harmonizing with God. I'm going to walk in his strength. I'm going to, I'm going to connect myself to his wisdom and his insight and his understanding. It just says, I'll, you caught me, I'll stop doing this. Mm. But, but, but the problem is, is after a while, if there's not true repentance. Just start again. They start yeah. again. They'll, they'll just, they just do it more yeah. secret, more yeah. secretive than they yeah, have before. Exactly. <laughs> Great. So, you know, I, I want everybody to realize that number one, the fact that you are making a resolution, a decision that will bring you into a better life, you are ec actually exercising your aspect of being created in the image of and likeness and image of God more than almost any other single thing you can do. You know, the ancient Hebrew sages, they said that repentance was the number one evidence of us being created in God's likeness and image because, see, God is sovereign. And by sovereign, that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean, you know, he's in control. Mm -hmm. That's that's what religion mm -hmm. wants you to think. Mm -hmm. Sovereign means God's in control of everything. Sovereign means, no, I have the right the responsibility and the freedom to make my own choices apart from force and pressure from any outside source. And so when we repent, when we change our mind in, in, about having a better life by trusting what God says, we are, we are showing that, you know, dogs can't do it. Horses can't do it. Cows can't do it. Birds can't do it. Alligators can't do it. Snakes can't do it. We are the only species in existence that has the capacity of repentance or the capacity of changing our yes. mind. And so you, you are stepping into holy territory when you make a resolution. If you lean into God and let this resolution become something that develops you and develops your character and something that, that opens you up to God. If it's just, I'm, I'm tired of being broke, well, that's a good starting place. But that's really has nothing to do with God. It has nothing to do with with following God. You know, because you can say I'm tired of being broken. We'll start robbing banks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so I want you know I want the influence that we have on the people to be an influ <clears throat> uh, influence that takes people to uh, to godly repentance mm -hmm. that always produces life that always actually makes your that life produces better. that harmony that produces that alignment and all that stuff and i think even knowing that differentiation the differentiation is that a word <clears throat> okay yeah. between godly sorrow and the sorrow of the world the, the the difference is is that we are going in our godly sorrow we're going to invite wisdom we're going to invite 
the voice of God. I, I just love yep. that whole concept that God always has an opinion. Sometimes we think that yep. things are, you know, just our decision to make. And it's like, you know what? God always has an opinion. If we will ask, if we will humble ourselves and ask and just say, wait a minute, God, what is your character? What is your ways? What is your nature? Mm -hmm. What is your, what is your approach to this next thing in my life? Even, even in, yeah. in January, we, we, we can involve him. We, it's funny. We had a conversation with some of our kids about how, um, so many years of our life, we were obsessed with, are we in God's will or are we not, you know? And that mm. has probably been a really big deal for us to just have that freedom to say, wow, God, we're just walking with you and aligned with you so that we don't have to be in question all the time whether this is your will, but we can always ask your opinion and follow our hearts to what you're leading us mm. to in your wisdom. So I think, I think that's so powerful to know that I want to have that godly sorrow that's, that's going to, yeah. every situation can be learned from. Well, you know, when we make these decisions, I mean, and, and everybody knows this, the majority of New Year's resolutions, I can't remember what the percentage is, it's some crazy high percentage, is, is actually violated, is broken before the end of right. January. right. I, I can't remember. I think I read some stats somewhere like an average twenty something days. Yeah. You know. Now, what what we fail to realize is this. See, see, when we make that resolution, and you know, and it's a good resolution, it's a good decision, and uh, then, then we violate that resolution. We kind of like, oh, well, you know, okay, I'll try again next year or I'll try again, you know, when I get more desperate. <laughs> but what we don't realize is every time you make a resolution or a decision or a commitment to anything that you do not see through, it actually uh, destroys a degree of your self-confidence. Mm -hmm. And it, t and it and tells you your heart lose, that you won't do it. It says... I didn't yeah. do it this time. And then the next time you try, you said, well, you didn't do it last time. It's actually evidence. It's just more yeah. evidence for your heart to say it's not going to happen. And, and when you lose self-confidence, you actually lose hope. Because remember, hope, which is a precursor for faith, uh, hope is the expectation of a, of a good outcome. It's the fulfillment of a dream. It's the fulfillment of something that you've imagined that you want to see come to pass. Well, if you lose confidence, then uh, really, then you don't want to hope anymore because see, then you get to another multi-level dimensional aspect mm -hmm. of how, of how this destroys you because hope deferred makes the heart right, sick. Right. So see, you make a decision and you you break and you get your hopes up and you start expecting, man, this this is going to bring me to a good outcome. And then you don't do it. It's not just the fact that you lose confidence, but you you lose hope. And hope makes the heart sick, and faith that comes out of the heart. So so really, you set yourself on this domino effect of of, of okay, self confidence, self worth, hope, faith, and eventually you will. You will reach a place to where you have settled into this. I can tolerate this right. standard of unhappiness. I can settle now. It's a, it's just that settling yeah. that it's okay. You know what? It's, yeah. I'll just settle here. Well, and and you know, you, you might people don't often say it to themselves, but but really, what's going on inside of them is the realization that that uh, uh, it's less painful to give up hope. Yes. Than it is to keep hoping and getting disappointed and keep over and getting and getting over disappointed and over and over yeah. again. That's a real thing. I have been in in a in a counseling situation where I start speaking hope into someone's life, and they they just literally say out loud, "I am so scared to hope." I'm hearing your words, yeah. and I know that they're based on the truth of God, but we really can't put our hope in any other person changing or being different. We only yep. have our hope in God because that is the only way I can be sure. Like that is the yep. only sure thing is that my hope is in Jesus. So, you know, one, one of the first things I want to say okay. is this. Say the first thing. If, <laughs> if This is one of the first things. This is like, this is like okay, when it comes to actually making yeah. a resolution, uh, don't think, you may get inspired in January mm -hmm. to make the resolution, mm -hmm. but you know what? Until we walk you through this, I would highly encourage you 
think about the resolutions, but we're going we're gonna to share things with you to help you process and really decide, is this a decision that I can make and keep? Yes. And, and wait until you're at that place you, before mm-hmm. you actually make the decision. Mm-hmm. It's a resolve. Like the res- word resolution comes from that word resolve. Like make that yep. resolve that this is yep. that important to me. This isn't just a flippant New Year's resolution. Yep. This is something, a resolve that I've made. You know, a, a, a boxer starts out and he wants to be the heavyweight champion of the world, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I got news for you. He doesn't go out in his first fight and fight the current right, heavyweight right, champion. Right, right, right. Because if he did, his dreams would be beaten into the, <laughs> be <laughs> into alive, the ring. Right. That's right. What does he do? He says, all right, this is what I want. And, and so then he starts breaking this down into achievable increments. Mm-hmm. And so increments are valuable. Incremental successes are really, really valuable. But they're especially valuable when you recognize and you stay motivated with them when you recognize how they fit into the fulfillment yes. of a bigger yes. In 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 hearing this, and yeah. I'm just going to kind of step in, yes, just a little bit, uh, because we want our faith to be alive. Yeah. We, that's if anyone, you know, I just want my faith to be alive, and and with that, then my hope is yes. stirred. Yeah. And and hope just isn't that wishful thinking, but rather it's that mm-hmm. joyful, confident anticipation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it's it's an abiding hope. But it comes to this place of confidence and worth as well. And yeah. and so to have that established, you know, this is an I, I mean, I'm I, this isn't just a self-help type of thing. This isn't just building no. yourself up. But again, it's coming to that place of I'm going to, with intention, I'm going to put off the old because over, over the years I have lacquered over my life, you know, with some real good intention or some real good resolution. Mm -hmm. And all I've done is lacquered over my heart again and again, that it won't happen for me. You know, that I'm not worthy. I'm not deserving of this. And, and it's almost as though, you know, it's those layers, you know, of, of evidence over the years that the Lord really wants to help heal your heart of. And, mm-hmm. and so what you're looking for is that finish line and just, you know, I just want to conquer this. I just want this to be done and I want to be over. But he's more concerned about developing within you the character to be able to, to, to sustain and to be able to live this new life. Mm-hmm. And, and I and coming back, you know, to the, be, the beginning or, or the introduction of this series that we're entering into is, is that a success that doesn't destroy you. Mm-hmm. And there yep. has to be that where, mm-hmm. where there's a resolve, there, there is a development of character. And, and yep. it's not necessarily, I think it's more of, putting off the false beliefs, the limiting beliefs, you know, the wounds, the, the, uh, the toxic emotions, whatever it might be. And to be able to allow, you know, how God has deposited within me, everything that I need, you know, that pertains to life and godliness for that to begin to emerge from my life. So effortlessly and so natural. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's the fruit root situation again. Yes. And, and I want to deal with the roots of my life. Yes. And then the, the fruit will automatically be, be changed. And, and even be though I, I, I refer to our newlywed course of, of having non-negotiables as a couple, right. that's great. But actually the non-negotiables as a person, as an individual, as a child of God, that those root decisions are really going to be the establishment mm-hmm. of what my life is going to look like and the progress right. of my and, life. And, and they're global. You know, yeah. In in nature, they they affect every area of our life, and and one of them, you know, for me, yeah, it just a, a really big one is just very simply, I'm going to live and not die, period. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That affects a lot of areas of your life mm-hmm. oh, every yeah. day, and and it, and you know every single circumstance. So you're not just dealing with a particular. Uh, incident or fruit in your life 
But from my heart, it's going to result in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be good. You know, uh, uh, for those, by the way, I just, I've been getting some great testimonies from people who have started using the prayer organizer. Mm-hmm. You know, the prayer organizer was something, you know, was first released back in the 80s. And, uh, and actually, I, 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 I did a, a renovation in it last mm-hmm. year because when I, when I released the program, I was the first time, there were some things I didn't put in it because of where the church right. was. That they yeah. were just, you know, the, the, so I kind of had to modify sure. it a little bit. And so, or maybe just leave some things out. But but I, I felt the freedom last year to put a lot of things in there that weren't in there. So people are just getting... Uh, you know, tremendous, tremendous success in, in the prayer organizer. You know, one of the things that people do every day is first they, they they're acknowledging who God is, and they're basing that on His name. So it's, you know, this is not this is who I believe God is because I like this uh-huh. doctrine. This is not I believe who God is because my church preaches it. This is not I believe this is who God is because. Uh, you know, because it's who I want him to be. It's like this is who God Himself said He was, and so so you know, you start from this place of okay, who is God, and what you know, where is the what's His name, and then what's the Scripture to support that, and then how did Jesus manifest that, and then how does that manifest in my mm-hmm. life? And so you know, Bob talking about choosing life and not death. I, I have a general kind of inward dialogue about that, 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 you know, because I, we're in Jesus, therefore all the promises of God are ours, none of the curses are ours. Now, um, let me say this, even though none of the curses are ours, if we choose them, then we, then we experience mm-hmm. them. Now, nobody says I'm choosing the curses. Well, when you choose, when you choose a path that leads into the fire, you're going to get burned. Right. And so, so when you're not choosing the path of life, then you're not going to experience life. And and it doesn't mean that God's given you over to this. It doesn't doesn't mean that you you have no choices in it. it. Doesn't mean God is making it happen. Doesn't mean God is punishing you. It means you have chosen death, no matter what you say out of right. your mouth. So, but one of the things I I, I one of the root things in my faith yeah. is ba- is kind of a thing I say to myself. And I, I say this all the time. You guys have probably been with us when we're worshiping stuff, and I lead people in this confession. You know, I am the head. I am not the tail. I am above. I am not beneath. I am the lender. I am not the wow. borrower. And, and, and you know, you know, I choose life. I don't choose death because because I don't know what challenges I'm going to run right. into. That, that, that's a fruit that's a fruit thing but i know that the root is no matter what challenges i run into this is who i am because i am in jesus and so this is where i'm going to start from and so ultimately i guess what i'm saying to you is the you, you know after you say okay i'm i'm going i'm not going to make my i'm not going to make my decision right now i'm not going to make my uh uh my resolution right now. I'm, why? Because the first thing I want to do is I want to renew my yes. mind. I want to make sure that, that I am making a decision, a repentance yes. where I'm leaning into God and I'm, 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 I'm aligning with him so that, so that it's, it's like, it's like me just, I, I'm riding a train, but, but I'm not the engine. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just a, a traveling on this thing and it's his power and it's his track. And, and I'm just going, I'm going to stay with him. But, uh, <clears throat> so what are you, what are you going to do with this time? Okay. I, I know what I want and this is the decision I want to make, but there are some things I need to do first. So, so, you know, so we're starting with God's identity and my yes, identity. Yes. Because if I, if I don't believe this is who I am, then I can never believe I can do what people with these character traits right. do. You know, I used to, I, I don't much anymore, you know, but, but uh, you know, way back when, you know, I used to speak in a lot of really success uh, and motivational type circles. Uh, back several years ago, I was actually featured in a movie and a book on the top, I believe it was the top 12 uh life and success coaches in America. Mm. And I was one of the top wow. 12. And uh, so, so, yeah, I've, I've spent some time in, in, in those arenas. 
And uh, <clears throat> it was like so many things that I do. You go in and you're really trying to teach people the God's heart way of doing things. And you find yourself kind of having to contradict what other people are saying. You're always trying to find a nice way to contradict them, you know, so you don't blow everybody up. But, you know, one of the big things in the in the motivational and success round is this. All you got to do to make a million dollars is find somebody that made a million dollars and do what they right. did. Now, that is a partial truth because if you don't believe the same things that person believed that made a million dollars, then, then you can't do it without destroying yourself. In other words, in other words, there, there is more to making money. There's more to how you raise your kids. There's more to, there's more to everything in life. There's more to it than just what you do, what your skill set is. Yes. There is who do I believe I am? Because see, true success doesn't come because you acquire the skill set to do what a millionaire does. True success comes because you become the person who can be a millionaire and not be destroyed by it. And we're just using money mm -hmm. here as a, as, as, you know, this applies to parenthood, this applies to everything, is not about just getting the skill set of that person. It's about becoming the person who makes those kinds of decisions. You know, uh, we, uh, because, just because my, I'm always involved in the business world and, you know, always doing projects outside of ministry, I, I get to deal with a lot of people that are struggling through their, their life situations. And one of the things that's really been really interesting to me is over the last, you know, 30 or 40 years is how many people that I would meet contractors mm -hmm. that based on their skill set, they should be, they should be netting $200,000 a year, mm. but, but they're not. So many of them are netting $25,000 a year, $30,000 a year. And, uh, you know, I was, I was talking with a guy the other day. I hired him to do some work for me, and, uh, and he did really, really good work. I probably won't use him very long because he's incredibly undependable. Hmm. Now, his lack of dependability is because of all of these things that keep going wrong in his life around him. Mm. His vehicle breaks down. Right. Somebody gets sick mm -hmm. and... Da, 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 da. Now, what I'm about to say sounds so, I, I, well, I'm not sure how it's going to sound, but, but you just got to sort it out in a way that's not judgmental toward anybody. But, but you know, um, here's one of the things I've discovered is if I'm willing, well, we, we, we used to say this, you know, uh, uh, for example, if I'm willing to let something stop me from going to church, for example, mm -hmm. If I, you know, if you're willing, then, then it'll, it'll happen. happen. It'll, it'll come up. If you're willing to cheat on your spouse, you'll meet the person who wants mm -hmm. to cheat with you. In other words, whatever it is that you're actually willing to do. To compromise. To so compromise on some yeah. kind of level. You know, I don't know if you draw it to you. I don't, I mean, yeah. I don't know what all yeah. the factors are that right. are involved. It, it doesn't really matter. But it's just like, you know, so th this guy keeps saying, man, I've just got the worst luck, luck right. in the world. And I'm like, no, you don't have the worst luck in the world. You make the worst decisions in the world. Mm. Well, what do you mean? I can't, I can't help all this. I, and, you know, and, and I don't try to be self-righteous in this, but I said, you know what? When I was a contractor, my vehicle broke down. I either bummed a ride or hitchhiked to my job site mm -hmm. and I got my work mm -hmm. done. Because because if you lose that if you lose that job then where are mm -hmm. you you know you know the the book of Proverbs says plant your seeds in the field before you build your barns in other words do those things that are going to keep you alive first mm -hmm. but when we make all these decisions that are not based on wisdom then, then then really what we're saying is I can't I can't be I'm not willing to be the person that makes these kinds of decisions I'm not willing to be the person that even because even if God says do it this way, you're going to say, well, well, I can't because, and the reason I can't, because I got a good excuse. So, you know, you've got to be 
you got to have not not just desire, but you've got to have true willingness. Mm. And we'll we'll get into that in a in one of the upcoming sessions. And by willingness, I'm not talking about just a passive willingness. I'm talking about I have a desire, I have an intention, and I have a willingness. And uh, uh, and and you know, and I'm going to follow that. And and God's going to through that through having this type of character, God is is able to lead me and guide me into the kind of successes I want. But all that starts with who is you know who is God who is my my identity mm-hmm. you know who am I and as you're talking I'm obviously thinking through my own you know my own life and what I've been willing willing to do and what I'm willing to sacrifice and what I'm not I have a friend who recently started a, a new business and when you start a new business you've got to be willing very willing oh, man. to be that person who always makes the sacrifice you know and and yep. and and yet I saw a situation that they got into where there was a there was a line drawn like I'm I, there a situation came up we need to make a sacrifice but she wasn't willing to sacrifice her quality of life in order to make that to to, to keep that business going yep. and I thought wow I think I, 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 I might've treated that different. She, she, she assessed the situation and said, you know what, it's not going to be a loss of business if I don't ru- just stop everything I'm doing and sacrifice my entire, but I actually have respect for her that she didn't drop everything and go. Cause I would have out of desperation and fear of losing mm-hmm. a client, I would have done something that, mm-hmm. that I didn't even need to do. Do you know what I'm saying? And yet I saw yeah. her say, Oh, um, I am not scared of losing this client. We are very good and we are doing what we do. And I'm not yeah. willing to sacrifice a very important family day in order to do this. And yeah. I went, wow, like I thought you just had to, I, I didn't know you're, you, and I just see that willing, I, what I saw was a root decision. Yes. You know what I'm saying? She had already made a root decision that this no. is important, but it's not, I'm not going to sacrifice everything for no. this. Well, I, I think I don't think we need to go down that trail right, right now because that's that's important. Mm-hmm. But let's don't go down that trail right now because that gets into holistic success and and you know you know right now we're we're trying to get people to think about not you know not what am I going to what are the things I mean there's a lot of things you're going to say no to mm-hmm. a lot of destructive mm-hmm. things but we're not getting into you know protecting your your family and your quality right. of life. All that right. kind of stuff, but that is an absolute must. That's got to, that's got to be there. You got to know what's valuable. You got to know what right. you're going to protect. But for most people, that's not the challenge. Yes, that's the that's the workaholic challenge. We're talking about the person who is sitting back. But go back to the the guy that wants to be you know heavyweight <laughs> right. champion of the world, but he doesn't want to yes. work out. Yes. You know, he, he doesn't want to go out and get in the gym every day. He doesn't want to work out with weights. He doesn't want to go out and jog every day. Right. And he's got the want to but he, what, but, and the desire, but he doesn't have the willingness. Yes. Yes. Okay. I really heard you there because it isn't the normal person's challenge. That's, that's the person who's got that drive that's going to become a workaholic. Yeah. But the average person isn't going to do those first incremental steps to actually get through to their intention. Yeah, and and so so yeah, let, let's kind of let's kind of cover that yes. base first, and not weave these together yes. because it'll get too confusing yep. for people. I totally that agree. Are trying to figure out mm, where where am yes. I in this in this yes, process? Yes, exactly. So really, it comes down today to go down to that first thing. Think about the resolution. Is that something I'm willing to keep? It's the willingness. Am I willing to keep this before I can ever start to break it down into that incremental success and to get that bigger goal? And it starts with renewing your mind. It starts with making those root decisions that I am the lender, not the borrower. I'm the head, not the tail. I choose life and not death. Well, let's let's, let's break it down a little okay. bit more. Actually, you 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 went step one, step five, step seven, step nine, and every one of them were yeah. right. But that's not that's not that's not the okay. process. Help me through with the process. Okay, you know the process started with saying, "Who is God? Who am mm, I?" Okay. You know, you know, we're not even to we're not even to the point of making a choice mm. yet. You know, um, there is this thing that we call conviction. And I, I call it conviction versus convenience. Mm. You know, a conviction is where you see something in the Bible, whether you like it, whether you don't like it, or it doesn't really matter. 
you trust God because you trust God. You say, okay, then this is going to be the way I'm going to view this. This is the way I'm going to see it. So this, you know, starts with the way I'm going to see God. And then of course, you know, the way I'm going to see me. Now see a convenience is where you look at something in the Bible and you choose whether or not you will incorporate that into your life based on whether that's convenient. <laughs> and really that's where most Christians live. Actually, no, it's not where most Christians live. That's really where the above average Christians live. And most Christians live into, I'm not even going to read the Bible and find out for myself, you know, you know what's in there. So, so we're, we're, we're kind of building this foundation of, okay, I, here's what I want, but what have I got to work out before I'm actually ready to make a decision that will not end in self-destruction? Mm. So we're starting with this, this whole identity thing. So in this identity thing, it's not enough to confess the scriptures about identity. Mm-hmm. We have to confess and acknowledge those scriptures with the intention of experiencing transformation to be that person. And that was kind of, you know, and, and you know, like the example of your, of your friend that made a really tough decision because of the value for their family, that person, uh, is that person? Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, their value for their, fa- you know, so, so they've got some character beliefs that are good, mm-hmm. good character beliefs. They make, you know, great decisions. But sadly, most people are not even at that point mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. They're they're back here, not even ready to make a decision about starting a new business or having a new quality of life in, in, in some mm-hmm. area. So so when I see who God is, when I see who I am. Then I kind of fragment this down to another thing is, okay, the number one excuse for not choosing life is pretending you don't know if it's the will of God for you. Mm. And I want to underscore the word pretend (laughs) because you are pretending. Now you say, no, but this is what I've heard all my life. Well, you know what? You got a Bible. If you haven't read it, you have chosen that because it's convenient to you. Yes. You haven't checked it out for yourself. You're just pretending. That speaks to me. Yes. It is, it's hard not to know the will of yes. God unless you make it religious and mystical. Yes. Every person, if, it, if your goals have to do with success, finances, this sort of thing, every person listening, and man, you, you, know, you can go online and there are all kinds of online Bible concordances where you can free of charge, do research, look up uh, every, this is, this is what I started doing. I'm telling you the first few months after I got saved, didn't have computers back then. I had a topical Mm -hmm. Bible, Nave's topical Bible. So, so anytime I wanted to know about something, I would look up that topic in a Nave's topical Bible Mm -hmm. because I want to see every single scripture about that topic. And then well, it used course, to take you, you weeks, con- years ago, would take like 10 minutes right now. You literally can just, oh, I mean, yeah. E- e- yeah. we had to be such research detectives back then and have all these piles of books yeah. and stuff. And now it's like you just Google the topic and yeah. get the scripture. You, you don't have to buy the yeah. book at all. In some, in some ways, I think that's great. In some ways, I'm thinking, man, it, the digging is important sometimes. Like this is valuable to know what the scriptures are saying about these things. So, you know, so, so here, here's the thing. I have I have got to remove the first excuse. Mm. The, f- the first excuse is going to be, is this the will of God? Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus said, count the cost. Before you do anything, you always count the cost. Now, yes, sometimes, sometimes you know, we'll run into hardship. We'll run into whatever, yeah. you know, it, uh, like Bob was saying, it could be, be anything. It doesn't even have anything to do with your, your particular goal that you're, pers- that you're right. pursuing. But, he, but when we run into hardship, many times if we're wanting to quit, we need an excuse yes. to quit. Yes, And the excuse becomes, okay, this must not be the will of God because it's hard. Mm-hmm. This must not be the will of God because... It's challenging. This must not be the will of God because uh, nobody agrees mm. with him. This must not be the will of God, you know, for whatever, because my church doesn't like mm. it. Uh, <clears throat> and so you've got to remove your excuses. Mm-hmm. And so the first excuse is, is this the will of God? And so when it comes to 
and remember prosperity, particularly in the Old Testament, the word prosperity is not just about money. No. Word prosperity is about a quality of life. Right. It's about an abundant life. It's about a more than enough life, more than enough happiness, you know, so that you can spread it around, more than enough finances so you can be a blessing to other people, mm -hmm. more than enough joy, whatever, you know. And so, <clears throat> you know, if you look up every scripture about those, you're going to see that there are warnings and there's promises. Mm -hmm. But the warnings don't take away or revoke the promises. And uh, so, you know, for example, you're, you're looking up everything, everything about, uh, about the word rich. Mm -hmm. And so, so, man, you find these scriptures where, where it warns you about the destruction that comes to people who, who pursue wealth yes. and riches. But then you realize, but wait a minute. But there's these promises over here. God gives you the power to get wealth. Uh, God will, will make you prosperous and add no sorrow to it. And, you know, uh, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe it. Yeah, so you go through and you're like, well, wait a minute. So, so there's promises, but there's warnings. Mm. Well, the warnings are not prohibitive to the promise. They're prohibitive to you not developing the character mm. to live that kind that of life. That is so well said. Yes. And, you know, when Jesus said, and he wasn't talking about people getting saved. He was just talking about entering, you know, the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And then ultimately the kingdom of heaven where all the resources are there. Well, entering the kingdom of God, we know that this requires trusting Jesus as Lord. Yes. Making a decision that what he says is how I'm, what I'm going to believe. And so when Jesus made this statement about how difficult it was for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven, man, the disciples, they freaked out. They, man. Uh, who can be saved? I think it's what they said. Well, then nobody can even be saved, you know? And Jesus came back and said, no, you don't understand. I'm talking about how hard it is for the person who trusts in riches. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you got these promises and then you got these warnings. Mm -hmm. And so you take these warnings and you say, okay, am I going to be the person that if I get wealth, I'm going to, I'm going to, to start trusting it for my security. Am I going to be the person, if I get wealth, my ego is going to blow up? You know, am I going to be the person who, who will use wealth and prosperity as a way to destroy myself? Mm. And so, and so, you know, it's like, here's the promise. Here's the warning. Yeah. How do I prepare? How do I transform into this person yes. that these warnings yes. give me wisdom yes. rather than give that me fear? That is so good. You're saying some good stuff. Well, good. Yeah, just breaking it down into that, the warnings and the promises and how, how yeah. those are, they're so real. And then just talking about even that word excuse is yeah. so real because we all do it. As you say, when the hardships come, the first thing is going to be, well, this happens. So now I can't, you know? And yeah. so, and exactly. so we'll all, we'll all find an excuse if we're willing mm. to find one, right? Yeah. So what you were saying, everything you were saying was right. I want you to make sure everybody oh, yeah. understands that. I just want to break it yes. down into some smaller I pieces. I love that because you really, yeah. I, that that brings this conversation to a really great, even applied to life. Like now everyone, oh, yeah. all of you listening, it's like, wow, now I can apply this life. I can think about where my life is at right now and do that word study. Like, like mm -hmm. dig in and find the rich treasure of the scripture that applies to life. And even depending on what kind of person you are, I, I love to to get a piece of paper and draw a line right down the middle and make columns. Mm -hmm. This is the hardship. I mean, this is, this is the warning and this is the promise. And just, just list oh. making lists in front of me is just oh. really um, tangible for me to, it, to oh. just receive and almost like eat wisdom, like a feast, you know, it's like, okay, you know, oh, yeah. and I'm hanging out with Jesus when I do this, I'm not doing this by myself. I'm knowing he's with me as we search these things through knowing that before I ever even get yeah. into resolutions, I want to see who you are, God. And, and yeah. I want to work that through your character. And, and, you know, the wise person will admit these warnings are telling me I am, I've got some more journey yes. to make before I can do this and it not mm -hmm. destroy me. And, and the wise person doesn't put themselves down no. for it because man, they're, they're grateful oh, that God is yes. showing them and showing them, you know, how not yes. to destroy themselves. You know, I, I have seen 
Over the years, when in our local congregation, we had a lot of people become wealthy, just taking these principles like this that I would teach and go put them in practice. I mean, we had a lot of people become millionaires and and people start successful businesses and this sort of thing. But it's really interesting, the people that didn't prepare themselves, and sometimes they didn't know to prepare yeah. themselves. For instance, if a person got an inheritance. Right. I was going to say, if they had sort of a slash hashtag shortcut, like sometimes if you haven't done that yeah. hard work to get there, it just comes quite yeah. suddenly. The person that wins the lottery... Yeah gets an inheritance, that person is at a real disadvantage yeah. because they haven't had the time mm -hmm. to develop their character and, and go through this growth process. It was just thrust yeah. upon them. And, and you know, of course, we know this with people that win lotteries. They, they What is it, Bob? We've talked about this before. It's just a few years. They've lost everything yeah, they they've do. got. And, mm -hmm. and, they're in more and they're usually in worse shape than, than yeah. before. Yeah. So, so, you know, I, I feel for these people, but, but it's really amazing. I remember one couple, man, they were a really good couple in so many ways. So, I mean, they were a godly couple. I mean, they, they, they really, really were. But they had grown up under the kind of, the kind of prosper, I mean, uh, the, the kind of a, a poverty mindset and that there was something spiritual about being broke, you know, and, and uh, they kind of had this idea of, you know, you, you had to struggle to make it. And so uh, one of them's parent died and they inherited an incredibly large sum of money. And here's something I've noticed, because remember, one of the key preparations for wealth is generosity. Mm -hmm. And if you're not being generous with what you have now, you will not become generous when you have so, more. <laughs> this is what last week's podcast was so great for me because it was just so yeah. black and white. It's like, you know what? Like, as if you think you're going to be different when something happens, yeah. you are going to be who you are. Like, if no, you think right. that all of a sudden you get a ton of money, you're going to give it away. No, what are you mm. doing with? I mean, that's scriptural. They, those who are faithful with little, yeah. they can be, they will be faithful with much. Those who are generous yeah. with little and, will be and, generous with much. And that's just how yeah. it is. That doesn't no. change. But this couple, and I've seen this with so many people that if they would come into what I would call a fluke, yeah. you know, like an inheritance, so, yeah. something they really did not, or they would just happen to invest in the right business. Right. You know, then so, suddenly they think they're entrepreneurs or something. <laughs> but what I really saw in most people who had a quick windfall was they either were so foolish that they thought they were smarter than they were and they would go out and lose it by investing in bad businesses mm -hmm. and, and lose every penny, uh, every penny, you know, uh, I mean, I've watched people lose five, 10, 20 million dollars more, you know, just just because they thought that they were an entrepreneur mm -hmm. and they weren't. They just they just got into the right mm -hmm. business or invest in the right business. But the other extreme is this, because they didn't earn it. Many times they don't have the confidence that they could ever earn it if they had mm -hmm. to. And they can become incredibly stingy. Mm -hmm. And man, I have seen that happen oh. so many times. On the windfall, nearly always takes you to the place where you think you're smarter than you right. are, and you lose right. it, or are you so afraid that you could never do it you again? Super controlled and stingy. Yes, you become controlling yeah, and stingy. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can see both sides. And I don't want to be. I don't want to be in, don't those, be camps. in one of those I don't want to go to those camps. No. You know, uh, uh, I, I know we're kind of about out of time, but but uh, one of the th I remember one of the decisions that I had to make about my life getting getting better. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I'm sure I've shared this, but, you know, most of you all know this, you know, born with a kidney disease, da-da-da-da-da. And, uh, and, you know, uh, this recent battle with chronic fatigue that I have won, that was not my first go-around with chronic mm -hmm. fatigue. You know, back in the, in the uh, after I got healed, I, I just went all over the world day and night, you know, working 12, 14-hour days, seven days a week for years, and, and in the 80s, in the mid to late 80s, about, about 86, 87, I, I fell into chronic fatigue then. And it, I, I mean, I barely could function. And, and you know, I, I would go to work. I'd go to my office, work 15 or 20 minutes, and I'd have to go lay on the floor. And I, I'd lay on the floor and put my feet against my office door so nobody could open the door and come in. And I'd just take these power naps over and over and over. Wow. That's the only way I could make right. it through a day. Is about, about every hour or two hours, I'd have to take a you know, 10, 15-minute power nap. And so... So you know, I've I, this is this is not my first time down 
you know, in this, in this particular rodeo. <laughs> but uh, when, when you struggle with energy, here, here's the thing. Even though it's le legitimate, it, you have an excuse for being tired. Mm -hmm. And so I, I can remember one morning sitting in my office and, you know, and, and I, you know, I've, I've made these quality of life decisions and I'm reading the book of Proverbs and it says, it says that laziness will bring on a deep sleep. Mm. And I said, I said, I said, I think that scripture is backwards because I said, you know, my struggle is I'm not lazy. Yeah. But I struggle with feeling sleepy all the mm -hmm. time. And, and so, uh, you know, so, so if I don't get a lot done, I've got an excuse. I've got a biological yeah. excuse. I didn't do yeah. this. You know what I mean? This, ha this happened to me. This yeah. out of my control. But, and I can remember wrestling with, no, that's not what scripture says. It says it's the attitude of laziness that will bring that on. And that's not to say everybody that struggles with fatigue is lazy, but it means this. Am I going to get to a place where when I'm struggling with fatigue and I'm tired, then I'm where laziness will come in. Then now that I have an excuse, I can quit. I can give up my dreams. I can invoke my excuse. Mm -hmm. So see, see, we, we always wow. have these circumstantial yeah. things that say, yeah. This is my excuse. This is my chance to bail out. If I want this circumstance, I will find them. I'll create them. They will happen. Yeah, something will happen to yep. get that excuse going. Absolutely. Wow. I'm so yep. that's a very practical application. I think everyone who's listening has a different thing they're thinking like, "Hmm, that's the excuse I use for that." And and I'm not going to do that. Yeah. So, you know, once I've discovered this is who yep. God is, and he says this is who mm -hmm. I am. So now, see, making this choice, coming to the real resolution, coming to the real repentance is, is the choice of, is this who God is? And this is who he says I am. Am I making the choice to be that person? Mm. So, so in between that, I said, okay, I've, I've gone into scripture. And I said, okay, here, here's what the will of God is. This is, this is all here. And then I've gone, you know, and I've seen what the warnings are. And so, 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 so I, 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 I'm going to make more of a tra personal transformation decision than I am a circumstantial transformation mm -hmm. decision. In other words, I'm not going to make the decision based on, do I believe I can get wealthy? If you're talking, and, you know, we're using wealth as an yeah. example here. And, I, and, and I'm, I'm, this is not all about money, this, but we're, that's just one of the clearest examples. Uh, because because when I talk talk about wealth, prosper, all that, I'm talking about quality of life. That, that does include finances, mm -hmm. but it's more about quality mm -hmm. of life in general. So, so until I have resolved this, until I have made a a decision about who I want to be, who do I need to be to live this life? You know, before I got saved, I made money. I've always made money. I mean, I mean, I always made more money than people my age made. I was always light years ahead of everybody my age when it came to making money. Just couldn't keep it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I had no, I had no idea where it went. Mm -hmm. I don't know what happened to it. I mean, you know, the scripture talks about put your, putting your money in, in, in bags with holes in them. And that's kind of what it felt like. No matter how much money I made, I lost it somewhere. And, you know, when I would sober up or come to myself or whatever, I would just, it was like, I don't even know where yeah. it is. I don't know. Yeah. So, so, you know, uh, uh, for me, it wasn't about making money. It's about making a lifestyle decision about being truly prosperous in God yes. and being this person that prosperity doesn't destroy, mm -hmm. that prosperity and success becomes a part of me, blessing the people that I love, blessing my neighbors and my friends, but mostly blessing the world with the gospel of Jesus. This has been great. Like we've we, 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 we got through that beginning part, but I mean, to just think through this, this, this has been very practical for me, very inspiring for me. Um, it's, go ahead, Bob. Yeah, and because this is really, again, the beginning. Yeah. We, we're, we're, we're here at this place of a, of a new year. Yes. And there's something that's new in your life every morning, and that's his mercy. And then how would then his mercy look new for you today? Yeah. In those incremental, you know, positions and steps in your life, how would his mercy look different for you today? And then how would that be extended to others? How would that then begin to influence your other relationships and 
and spheres of life. But uh, Jim, I really uh, appreciate, you know, it's, it's hard to, to be able to say, cause it can come across a bit harsh where yeah. you're just saying, no, you're just making an, an excuse <laughs> and you're like, yeah, but I've, I've got all the evidence. Like you wouldn't believe you know, how good my excuse is. <laughs> and that brings us right back to the beginning where we've made this resolution before yeah, and we've yeah. failed and we've gathered evidence repeatedly and it's just lacquered over and, and yeah. created this veneer, you know, to, you know, the hardness or brittleness uh, of our hearts. Yeah. And so you know, this is real important, you know, for us to begin. And I just can't encourage our listeners uh, enough to, if you have not, gotten a, a prayer organizer, uh, there is a downloadable version for that. Yeah. So you can get that immediately because what you want to do is to be is to be intentional of stepping into alignment and agreement with what God says about you. Mm-hmm. You personally. Yes. He really, really does. Yeah. And there are, I mean, we all have a library full of things that could be excuses you know, for the position or the place that we are in our life. But rather than allowing them to be an excuse, let them just simply be an explanation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it might be very natural. Hey, the, all that does is, is explain, mm-hmm. but I refuse to allow it to define mm-hmm. who I am. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. refuse to allow it to bring the direction mm-hmm. in which I will take. That's right. And, and I'm not, I'm, and boy, this last year of 2019, what a year uh, for Audrey and I. We both say this is our year of personal responsibility because mm-hmm. uh, we hit that again and again. It seemed like every week in the uh, Live Transform podcast, it yes. was the year of, of beginning to take personal yeah. responsibility. How empowering. So here we are empowering wanting ever. to make these resolutions. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to I'm going to take again personal responsibility. Yeah. And I'm going to find the, the place where I can begin to repent. Yes. And really take hold of what my father says about me to be true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much, Jim. This was so great. Mm, I'm looking forward to next. This I think this could become sort of several weeks because if we oh, don't yeah. mind, I'd like to take this further. I'm ready to keep talking. But I know it's the end of the podcast time-wise, but I yep. would love to keep yeah. going on this. The quality of life that uh-huh. you will experience. Yes. And the quality of life that you will begin to express this year, mm. I believe, is beyond your imagination. Mm, I love that, Bob. The quality yep. of life you experience and express mm-hmm. is beyond your imagination. Yep. All right, mm-hmm. guys. Thank you so much for listening. There yep. it goes again. Yep. Just hear in the heart of God for you. Just feel it for yourself and know that you're not alone. That as you're doing, if you want to do your, this whole scripture lookup, detective Holy Spirit work, <laughs> just do it with the Lord. Make sure you That's know right. he's your friend and you're doing this together and he's leading you. All right. We'll see yep. you next time. Have a great day. Bye-bye.